with a weakling. By the time he'd found out Wilde had settled here and built this house, the varmint had been dug in deep. Wilde was ready to fight at the drop of a hat, too, and he looked eager to drop it himself. A laugh as wild as his name echoed out of that house. It wasn't the first time Gage had wondered if Bailey Wilde was entirely sane. What the nester didn't know was that Gage meant it. He'd been trying to just have a simple talk with the stubborn youngster for weeks, ever since Matt Tucker, the mountain man who'd married Wilde's sister Shannon, had come riding out here to find his wife. And Gage had come along and found he'd lost access to the richest pasture land on his range. Wilde would have nothing to do with him that didn't involve flying lead. Gage had appealed to Bailey's family, his sister Kylie, who was within days of taking off for the East with her husband, Aaron Masterson, and Shannon, who had plans to move up into the mountaintops to the cabin owned by her husband, Matt. Kylie and Aaron, well, he didn't know them that well, but Shannon ought to have helped more. Matt Tucker was a good friend, who worked for Gage most summers, and Gage thought that fact should have earned him some loyalty. But nope. Both Kylie and Shannon refused to cooperate. Their husbands advised Gage to leave Bailey alone. The harder he pushed, the more they assured him Bailey wouldn't budge. Both sisters had homesteaded on Coulter Range, and when they'd married, their husbands hadn't wanted the land. They'd signed away their rights to it, and then Gage had immediately bought it. Shannon had wrung a promise out of Gage to let her and Tucker live on her land when they came down from the mountains, which Gage didn't mind a bit, so long as they didn't bother his cows. He'd known there was a third member of the family, a brother, Bailey. But he was a while finding out where the third wild had set up his holding and Bailey had no intention of selling out. Gage had tried being nice, but that wasn't his only choice. He wasn't a man to break the law, but he was going to bend it right around Bailey Wilde's neck if the kid didn't let Gage in that cabin right now. This is your last chance, Coulter. I'm tired of fighting with you. Funny, Gage had been thinking the exact same thing. I've told the sheriff you're harassing me. And I told him, if I catch you trespassing, he can expect to have to fetch your body. He knows about your threats. This is your last chance, Wild. I'm tired of fighting with you. Gage took smug pleasure in echoing Bailey's words right back at him. You've been warned. Are you going to let me in there so we can talk or not? Gage had done more than spend his time yelling. His cattle needed that grass as the winter closed, and Gage was going to get it. Another bullet cut through the dirt at Gage's feet. That's your answer, then? That's the only answer you're going to get. Wilde cocked the gun again, the muzzle emerging from the cabin window. Wilde never showed himself. He'd never had more than a quick look at the kid and then only from a distance. Well, 
That was about to change. You want to do this the hard way, Wild? We'll do it the hard way. With a tug on his hat brim, Gage turned and strode away. Bailey watched him walk out of sight. The last few times he'd come, he hadn't ridden in, he'd walked. He said her gunfire upset his horse. She'd told him to stay away, and that'd settle his horse right down. Instead, he must have tied that beautiful brown stallion somewhere nearby, because he'd started showing up on foot, which meant he was even quieter. Bailey had learned to stay on edge. He'd come day and night, no rhyme or reason to it. She listened close, and finally heard hoofbeats thunder away. When they faded in the distance, she un-